Thanks for joining us through the Crossbridge Podcast. We hope this message speaks to you wherever you may be on your spiritual journey and helps you take your next step of growth in your relationship with Jesus. For more information about Crossbridge or to speak with one of our ministry team members, please visit crossbridge.church. of the Lord, you Israelites, because the Lord has a charge to bring against you who live in the land. There is no faithfulness, no love, no acknowledgement of God in the land. There is only cursing, lying, and murder, stealing, and adultery. They break all bounds, and bloodshed follows bloodshed. Their deeds do not permit them to return to their God. A spirit of prostitution is in their heart. They do not acknowledge the Lord. They are unfaithful to the Lord. They give birth to illegitimate children. Return, Israel, to the Lord your God. Your sins have been your downfall. Take words with you and return to the Lord. Say to him, Forgive all our sins and receive us graciously that we may offer the fruit of our lips. Welcome to Crossbridge. My name is Kevin and I'm the lead pastor. And uh, I'm so thankful today to be able to share with you. We are one church in three locations, four locations, actually. Um, When you think about this, uh, I know there's folks in Morris uh, with Brian who are worshiping today. Uh, There's folks in Peru with Pastor Kevin who are worshiping today. And uh, as well as all of our folks online, we're thankful for each and every one of you. And my prayer and hope is that as you listen today, um, no matter where you've come from, no matter what's going on in your life, that God can take this story that we're going to talk about today, which I think is a really good story, and connect it to your hearts. And so I want to pray for us before we go any further. Father, thank you so much uh, for this opportunity today to talk about this story. I'm believing that you've brought the right people uh, to hear the right story, that you're going to connect it to their hearts. You're going to challenge them in new ways today. And that, God, at, at the end of this, we will know that we've heard from you because your spirit has spoken to us. God, I, I pray that we would be faithful to what we hear. You give us courage to respond. I ask all this today in Jesus' name. Amen. Hey, um, I, I was thinking as, as we get into this story, how many of you would say, and I want you to raise your hands right where you are, how many of you would say you prefer to text versus talk. My guess is that was probably most of you. Now, some of you may still say, man, I'm, I'm old school. I want to talk on my phone. Um, but I, I think what, I'm just going to be honest. I would prefer to text most of the time. Um, my wife might say, oh, no, you're on that phone all the time. But here's what I'd say. Yes, yeah, sometimes I have to be. But most of the time, I would prefer to text. In fact, um, here's what I think happens sometimes. Uh, My guess is there's times when that phone rings. In fact, I don't know about you. I'm getting more spam calls than I've had uh, ever before. 
But I also know this. There's times when that phone rings, and my guess is you're throwing it into voicemail. You're just saying, yeah, I'm not in the mood to talk right now, right? Now, um, and, and I'll be honest, I do that too. I'm, I don't do it to any of you, right? Just as I'm sure you don't do it to me. Yeah, right. Um, but I do know this. There's times, right, when someone will call or I'll call and they don't pick up and then three minutes later you get a text. And I think that's code for, I don't want to talk to you, but I am willing to text you and I get it. Um, This story that we're talking about today is really about God trying to get a hold of his people. And um, God had a big plan We've been talking through this story, right? A big plan to show his power and his presence through his people. That everyone would look at this powerful group of people and say, how did they get to that place? And, and the most significant factor would be the fact that they belonged and they followed the one true God. But, and there is a big one here, um, capital B and but, Israel had stopped, had stopped being fully devoted to God. They'd become complacent. In fact, they were following other gods. They didn't follow the Ten Commandments. And the best way to say it would be this. Israel had tuned out, and Israel was not picking up their phone. They were sending God to voicemail. They were not listening. I don't think a lot has changed today. Um, I think we struggle to this day. Many of us would say we struggle to listen. I, I do believe this, too, um, on God's part of this deal, he continues to reach out to us. He continues to call us. He continues to try to get us uh, and our attention um, because he has a plan for you and he has a plan for me. Uh, let's dive into the story, okay? We're gonna dive into this story and, um, and here's what I want you to hear. God has divided, let's go back to last week. God has divided his people in half. In, in fact, um, you know, there was this major division Ten of the tribes went to the north, and they were called Israel. Two of the tribes stayed in the south. They were called Judah. This was a very dark time in um, Israel's history. And this, this is the place where you had this really strong group of people who could have done so much had they just stayed together. But we had division, and they parted ways, and they were weakened due to that parting of ways. At the end of the day, hear this, God doesn't have to work through both of these. He doesn't have to work through all 12 tribes. In fact, he made some promises, and we know this. God keeps his promises, and one of the promises he made was that he would use the offspring of Abraham, um, and and we know that, right? He also made a promise that uh, to David in establishing his throne that the Messiah would come from Judah, which is his tribe. And And so here's the deal. God isn't obligated to use those 10 tribes to the north. He is obligated to use uh, the South. Now, you, you probably wouldn't know this. I wouldn't have either until I did the research. But, but here's just kind of some facts about what was happening in the North. In the North, there were 19 kings. Think about this. There were 19 kings who reigned over 208 years. So 208-year history, 19 different kings. And, and let me tell you how many of those that, that God would say were good. Zero. Out of 19 kings, um, the research I did would say that all 19 kings were evil. They were not in favor of God's plan and worshiping just him. And, and here's what you see, that God gave them multiple chances. Over 208 years, 
He gave them multiple chances, didn't have to, but chose to, to change their minds. Now, here's what I take away from that. God is an incredible God of grace that continually pursues us and invites us into his story. Listen, I, I want you to hear this no matter where you're sitting, whether you're sitting behind a computer screen or you're sitting in a school in Morris or you're sitting in Peru. Um, your background, you may say, Whew, man, like I haven't listened to God in a long time. Or let me tell you, Kevin, uh, I have lived a rough life apart from God. And, and here's what I say to you. Not beyond the amazing grace of God. In fact, even if you just want to take this story, my guess is you have not lived this terrible rough life beyond 208 years. And if you have, I want to meet you, right? Um, this story reminds us no one, no one is beyond God's grace and that God pursues all of us. It's one of the things I love about Crossbridge, and it's one of the things that I, I want to say every single time we gather, every single time I, I preach, because this is really, really important to me. I don't care how you entered Crossbridge. I don't care what has happened in your life before today. I believe God can change it, and I believe he can receive you and love you, no matter how unfaithful you have been, that God is faithful to you, and he loves you incredibly. Hear that from me. It is the absolute truth. In fact, um, I believe in the pursuit of God. Uh, I think God pursues all of us from day one because he desires to have a relationship with his creator. I, I went to NYC a, um, a few weeks back now and Nazarene Youth, um, Nazarene Youth Convention, right? And 9,000 students there. We took 22 from Crossbridge. Um, lots of fun. But one of the traditions at NYC is this, that we took a couple shirts from like what was the Illinois district, a couple t-shirts that we had made, and uh, plus a jacket. And, and the reason is you, you take these because there's this tradition at NYC amongst these 9,000 students that you can trade shirts so if you're from Illinois, you could trade with a, a student from Indiana, and you can get this Indiana NYC shirt, and they get your Illinois shirt. Or you could trade with someone from California or Alaska or Canada. Or, and so let me tell you something. Our kids had a lot of fun with it. My daughter loved it, and she was running around trading like crazy. In fact, she was saying, Dad, can I trade one of your shirts? And I was like, sure, go get them. Go get them, hon. And, um, but, but towards the end of NYC, the, we had these jackets that was made by our district. And truth is, my jacket was too short. The sleeves went to about right here. It didn't fit me. And, um, and so I thought, I'm going to go over and get a, I, there was a t-shirt I wanted from a, one of the Nazarene schools. And so I thought, I'm going to take my jacket over and I'm going to get one of these t-shirts, right? I'm going to trade with, with one of these kids. And these kids had set up like shop and they had their t-shirts all over the floor. And, and so I went over and I'm walking around and I see, um, you know, these kids and I see this shirt and I was like, hey, like, you know, what size is that? It wasn't my size, but one of them saw my jacket and, and they said, well, what are you trading? You know? And I said, well, my jacket. Well, the jackets were like, they were hot, right? You think the hot, hot on the market. Everybody wanted one of these jackets. And so this one girl looked at me and she said, I'll trade, I'll trade, pick a shirt, any shirt. How about this shirt? And, um, <laughs> and I was like, whoa, slow down. And she's like, I'll, I'll give you this shirt and I'll give you 20 bucks. And, and I'm like, man. And, and then the other girl next to her said, I'll, I'll give you this shirt and 30 bucks. 
and then it went back to this other girl. She said, I'll give you this shirt in 40 bucks. I mean, it is, it is escalating, right? And at this point, I feel really uncomfortable. Like, they're, they're coming at me. And I said, you, you know what, girls? Like, I'm okay. And, and literally, I turned and started walking. And um, as I started walking, my phone rang, and, and I picked it up, and I started talking. And, and I felt, though, I felt like I felt somebody really close to me. It was this girl that as I was going through this, like, um, oh, this wide open area, she is like, she is right on me. And like, she is right on my side. And she's like, sir, please trade with me. Please trade with me. Um, I'll, I'll give you this and I'll give you this. And she is like, oh, she is like right here. And at one point I'm talking on the phone and she's in my personal space. And I say to her, I said, Hey, hey, young lady, like, I, I'm on the phone. And she said, sir, please, I'm nice. Like, trade with me. And she is like, she is right up in my grill. I'm, a, I'm completely uncomfortable. And at this point, she's holding $30 in one hand. She's holding a T-shirt in the other. Um, <laughs> and, and she looks at me and she says, please. Like, and I said, fine. I took her $30. I took her shirt. I gave her the jacket. I'm still on the phone. And I walked away. Now, don't judge me. Um, but as I walked away and, and the whole thing like started to settle on me, I thought, number one, I, I had a shirt that I really didn't even want. I already had another one of the same shirt. Uh, and number two, I thought, I just took a 16-year-old girl's money. Like, what was I doing, right? This is after the fact. Like, I, it's not like I could go back amongst the 9,000 kids and find this girl, but I felt terrible. In fact, when I came home and told my wife that, she said, you did what? I said, I know, I know, it was terrible, but you, you, you don't understand. Like, um, oh, I, I still feel bad about it. But, but the reality is she was in my grill and I just wanted her to go away. I was thinking about that story. Please don't judge, I think you are. Um, but I was thinking about that story and I was thinking how, man, this girl, like I, I, I have a feeling no matter where I would have walked, she was gonna be attached to me. Um, until I took that money and took that shirt and, and gave her the jacket. But here, here's what I think. I think sometimes, um, sometimes I don't think we like it. Sometimes I don't think we want it when we're not really not ready to turn towards God. But the reality is that God pursues you and chases you around and he's up in your grill and he's constantly trying to say to you, man, look at me, I love you and I want a relationship with you. In fact, I think there's a lot of times when we're saying, we're trying to make up excuses, we're trying to put him off, we're trying to push him away, and he just keeps pressing in to say, I don't care about your excuses, I don't care about where you've been, I don't care about what's going on in your life, I want to be in relationship with you, acknowledge me. That's the kind of God that loves us so much that he'll pursue us, even when uh, we're really, from our vantage point, we're not worthy to be pursued. Uh, I so love that about God, and I hope that you hear me today, that God so much desires a relationship out of love with you. Back to this story, um, as you think about this pursuit of God and, this, and he's pursuing his people, here's how God did it back then. Um, he, he didn't do it through kings because I think he knew the king uh, was not going to be one who was really just going to proclaim his truth and wasn't going to so much help him in the pursuit of his people. In fact, right, we had 19 of them that were evil. So here's what he does. He raises up prophets. I want you to think about this. He raises up messengers that are communicating the things that God wanted to communicate to his people. He raises up messengers that are in a sense pursuing people with God's love and this idea that God wants a relationship with them. 
And so uh, as, as we continue to work through this, right, I want to zero in on one of these prophets. This, this is what the story is. God raised up a prophet named Hosea. Times are prosperous for, East, uh, for Israel. Um, these messages of correction, which that's really what it is, it, these prophets are challenging the people. Hosea is challenging the people. And in the few, first few chapters, here's what we hear. We hear Hosea's personal story. There's a little book in the Bible. It's Hosea, right? Uh, the prophet Hosea. And in the first few chapters, it's, it's his story. And it is this, it's a crazy story. In fact, it's a story in the Bible that um, I think it's going to grab your attention. I think you'll find it interesting. But I also think it really makes sense if you'll hang with me. God asked Hosea to do a very unusual thing. God asked him, get this, God asked him to marry a prostitute. Yeah, that's weird, isn't it? Um, God asked him to marry a prostitute. Can you, can you imagine if one of my kids come home and says, oh, dad, you know, I'm talking when they're 25. God has asked me, like, I know he's speaking to me. He's asked me to marry a prostitute. I'm going to say, man, you'd better go back and pray again, right? This, this is just weird. Like, why would God do that? The prostitute's name was Gomer. And um, after they get married, so, you know, and here's the picture too. It's not like, hey, marry a prostitute. I'm going to change her life. She won't ever be a prostitute again. No, after they get married, she continues to be a prostitute. And she continues to sell herself for long periods of time is what we read in the story. And here's the deal. She thinks she's being supported by her lover's payments for her deeds. I won't go any further than that. But what she doesn't know is that she's being supported by Hosea all along because God has asked him to. Picture this with me. God, God goes um, and, and says to Hosea, uh, go and show your love to Gomer. Um, now, this would be a huge request, right? When you know, uh, okay, God, I'm married to this prostitute. She's still prostituting. What? You want me? Like, I, I, I don't really, honestly, I'm, I'm sitting here thinking, if I'm Hosea, I don't want to be any part of that, right? And, um, and here's what happens. He, he's obedient. He, he, goes and, um, he goes and he pays her fee. And, and as she walks in the room, he pays her fee, and as she walks in the room, she discovers this is not just some guy who's paid her fee. It's Hosea, and um, Hosea invites her to come back home. Here, what what a weird story, right? Um, here's what I want you to think about, though, and my hope is that you hear it. I mean, every week I do my best uh, to share the truth with you from this book. But I also know this, listening and trusting is hard. One of the most beautiful things about Hosea, later on in the book, he tells us, like, he shares the truth. But what I love about Hosea is he's not just on the street corners, like, yelling the truth. He's living the truth. That he's actually practicing listening to God and doing what God tells him and being a living example of what God, I mean, God wanted to use his life as a story to communicate from the rooftops, even if it meant marrying a prostitute in this crazy story. Now, um, you may say, what does this story have to do with us? Or what would this, like, how could God possibly use this story? And here's what I tell you. The relationship between Hosea and Gomer mirrored God's relationship to Israel. Think about it this way. If, if the nation of Israel has a, um, a group Facebook page, it, it would say, you know, you know, relationship, right? Relationship with God, complicated. Complicated to say the least. 
but no matter how complicated it may be, there's this picture that God still loves them. In fact, Hosea's life message is chapters 1 through 3. Um, but then we go back, right? We, we, go on through, we go on through the book, and, and there's some really interesting stuff. Hosea chapter 4 says this. Hear the word of the Lord, you Israelites, because the Lord has a charge to bring against you who live in the land. There is no faithfulness, no love, no acknowledgement of God in the land. There's only cursing, lying, and murder, stealing, and adultery. They break all bounds, and bloodshed follows bloodshed. He goes on in chapter 5, back part of verse 4, that says, A spirit of prostitution is in their heart. Do you see how this is all connecting to the story he's just lived? There's a spirit of prostitution in their heart. They do not acknowledge the Lord. Now listen to 14. Chapter 14, return Israel to the Lord your God. Your sins have been your downfall. Take words with you and return to the Lord. Say to him, forgive all our sins and receive us graciously that we may offer the fruit of our lips. Here, here's the hard part of the story. Like, man, he's lived it, right? He's kind of lived this example and he tells this story. He's challenging the people, but guess what? The people still don't listen. It's part of why this series is called Crash and Burn, because it's a mess. The people still don't listen. In fact, there was only one prophet throughout this whole time that had any success. His name was Jonah. And he actually went to this city um, of Nineveh. Like, it was like a, like a pagan kind of city. And it says like basically all the people like fell on their knees and like worshiped God, right? It was like revival broke out in the church there. And uh, it's so funny that... These folks so far from God would come near to him, but the folks who are, you know, God says are my people, uh, still don't get it. Here's, here's what I want you to hear today. Um, I think God is still speaking today. I think he's still trying to call us. I think the question is, are we willing to listen? And are we willing to pick up? Or are we trying to send him to voicemail? What is God trying to say to you? Is there something for you to do or something for you not to do? Is it somewhere to go or somewhere not to go? Is it to start something or to step back? Is it, or is he just calling to say, I love you? In fact, here's what I want you to see. Um, maybe, maybe God's trying to say, hey, just so you know, I know how unfaithful you've been, but I'm still faithful. I, I think about this story of this lived out story of Hosea and Gomer. Uh, Hosea, who just continues to love and continues to follow God and, and do what he's asked him to do, which is to love Gomer in the midst of her unfaithfulness, and who just continues to pursue her when she has been nothing worthy of being pursued. That's exactly what God does to us. Uh, the story here is this, that there's always this invitation to turn from our sinful ways, to, to turn from our unfaithfulness to God and discover that in the midst of unfaithful living, that God has always been faithful. That God loves us when we've been doing all the wrong things. That God is committed to us when we've been so less than committed to him. This story paints an incredible picture of, I think, what God wants us to see when it comes to a relationship with him. You know, um, our, our campus pastors, 
uh, are going to come and uh, they're going to lead us. And, and as they do, we're going to come around the table today and we're going to celebrate communion. And, and just a, a few things, though, I, I want you to think about. And, and they're going to lead you, but I, I just I want you to think about this, that more than anything, again, no matter where you've come from, no matter what your past has looked like, um, there's this whole thought of, I, I think of, I think of when Hosea goes, and, and what it says is he paid the fee, that, that he would pay this fee for his wife who is a prostitute. It's the exact picture that we're going to celebrate around the table today, that God came and he sent his son to pay the fee, to pay the price for our sins, even when we've been unfaithful, even when we don't deserve it, that God's grace just envelops us and says, I love you not according to who you are. I love you because who I am. God is God of love. I hope you feel that today. I hope you get it here and I hope you get it here because more than anything, God wants you to have a true relationship with him. Father, I thank you for today. I thank you for this story of Hosea and Gomer. And I thank you that, Lord, Hosea just, he had courage enough to listen to you and to follow you and to do exactly what you asked him to, even when it was the wildest, craziest of stories that truth is, I read that and I think that just doesn't make sense. God, I, I want to live like that. I want us to live like that. I want us to live listening to you, trusting you. I want us to live modeling what it looks like to follow you. But God, I also pray that you would wrap our heads around this whole idea that God is faithful and he loves us even when we're unfaithful. Help us to also just to view our neighbors and our coworkers as people who God has paid the fee just as he has for us and that he has been faithful and loved even when we're currently in a position that we're not loving, that we're not loving in return. God, thank you for your amazing grace. We love you today. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. Thanks again for joining us for the Crossbridge Podcast. The mission of Crossbridge is to lead others into a growing relationship with Jesus Christ. And we'd love to partner with you on your spiritual journey. So please let us know how we can come alongside you and support you and pray for you by visiting crossbridge.church.